Hello to everybody listening at home. Welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. My name is Connor Haas. I'm here with Mike Shera. Morning, Mike. Good morning, Connor. I am so excited to dive in today and start talking about how to study the Bible. That's right. Yeah. So listeners, in case you didn't know, starting, uh, well, I guess at this point, the, the time <laughs> last, here, night. last <laughs> night, last night was the first of two weeks of a Wednesday night class, how to study the Bible. So Mike's teaching that. And uh, if you missed last night, no problem. You can jump in next Wednesday night to catch the second half of that. Mm-hmm. But we are going to kind of unpack what we uh, started, I suppose, when you're hearing this last night, and that is, how do you study the Bible? So that's the question on the table. And mm-hmm. Mike, I'm just going to ask you some questions today, and then you can kind of unpack that. And at the end, I'll kind of throw you an open door and you can walk wherever you want. Absolutely. And, and just real quick too, listeners, really, you know, what we're doing in the class, uh, we're not going to necessarily go over it line by line. This will be some of the questions that maybe we think are, are helpful kind of as follow-ups and some of the baseline ideas that we that we bring out in the class. So, okay. what does it what does it mean to uh, to hear the word and to understand it and obey it? And how do we do those? How do we do that? Great. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, here's an initial question. Um, I'll ask it in the negative, I guess. Okay. What do you see, or what uh, are some of the common mistakes you see with respect to how people approach the word? Okay. Well. That's a great question. First thing is they they don't approach the word often. Okay, so sometimes people just don't even their their let's just put it this way their their contact with the word is relegated to listening to sermons and you know maybe the verse the verses that might get peppered peppered into a podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and that they don't read the a lot of people and you might you know if you're listening to this and you read the Bible every day you might be like what. But it's true. There's just a lot of people that profess to be believers that just don't have a lot of contact with the Bible straight up. I mean, the Bible, you know, uh, unadulterated, just the bare word of God. I like to call the, the reformers spoke like that, right? The bare word of God, mm-hmm. meaning the Bible straight up read, just read it, read it out loud. And I think what happens often is, um, I think I'm thinking right now of, of, um, Ephesians chapter 4, okay? In Ephesians 4, verse 11, where it says, God gave the apostles and the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up in every way into him who is the head, even Christ. And I'll stop there. And I think a lot of Christians think, well, yeah, I go to church to hear the word. And that's absolutely true. But the problem is, what gets followed up is, I go to church to hear the word, Primarily, like that's, that's that is my input. that's my input, and there's just so much in Scripture. Whether you start with Psalm 19 or Psalm 119, whether you go back to Deuteronomy 6, whether you go to Psalm 78, that everyone is to be in, in the Word of God, uh, swimming in it, marinating it, and with the people of God doing the same thing. But there's that individual discipline in the Word of God that can't be missed, because if that is missed you really are missing uh, the majority of what it means to be a follower of Christ. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, maybe a follow-up 
someone's hearing this, they're going, yeah, that's me. Mm-hmm. I, I really struggle to get in the word regularly. What advice or encouragement do you have for someone who feels like they have a hard time reading the Bible regularly? Mm-hmm. So that is a common one, and it's common to all people where most, most people would say, I need to get in the word more. Mm-hmm. Okay, and even the people that are in the word a lot, they Often desire it the same way. more, right? Because even as Psalm 19 says, you know, sweeter than honey and the dripping of the honeycomb is the word of God, that it, it, it more, the more you take in, the more you want. It's, it's a, it's, it's the best addiction. Okay. Uh, you want, it's uh, just like the cross was the best catastrophe, the you catastrophe. This is the best thing you can be addicted to is I need more and more of the Bible. Because what you don't want to do is get to the point where you're like, well, I have enough. There are people like this. Well, I know it a lot, so I'm just going to go off of fumes or I'm going to go off of my own ideas. Mm-hmm. But th- to answer your question, if you really sense that you're the one that says, I need to get in the Word more, it really starts with a, a resolve where you you just say, this is my life. I remember as a brand new believer, I was going through this a lot where I'd be like, I need, would go a day and then... Three days would pass and I hadn't read my Bible Mm -hmm. because it wasn't a habit in my life. Mm -hmm. It's like if you forget to brush your teeth. Usually nowadays, most people know they're forgetting and they, as soon as they can, they go, they do, they go do it again. But when you forget something and it's not even front of mind where you don't even know you forgot, that's the sinking feeling, right? Mm -hmm. So you need to resolve to do it and then actually do it. And what does that mean? It means carving out time to, to read the Bible. And that could be reading it. It could be listening to it. You know, I listen to it a lot. This morning, when I, I first thing I do when I wake up is I listen to the Bible. And I look at it on my phone, and I have large print on my phone. So I will, even if my glasses aren't on, I will read it while I'm listening. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I was, t- I was hiking, I don't know, was it two days ago? And I passed a guy, and he was, it was the Bible out loud. And I said, hey, you got the Bible going? He's like, yep. I said, me too. Nice. It's just, it's just cool. I, I mean, what better thing than to be hearing the word of God, the perfect, inspired, infallible, inerrant, authoritative, conscience-binding word of God. The grass withers, the flower falls off, but the word of our God stands forever. Isaiah 40, verse 8. What did Jesus say? Thy word is truth. John 17, mm-hmm. 17. Uh, what does Hebrews 4, 12 say? The, the word of God is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. And it pierces as far as the division of joints and marrow. And the picture of like a butcher cutting around, you know, the joints and marrow to get to the meat. It says, able to judge the thoughts and intentions of your heart. And if you're saying, I really need to get in the word more, just resolve to do it and then and then take the time. And what that's going to mean is that you're going to have to bend your will. You're like you literally have to bend your will to do it. It's like when you're trying to get off of sugar. Okay. Um, it's very tough because you're addicted or you're trying to get off of caffeine. Mm-hmm. It's very tough because you're addicted. So when you're getting trying to get on something that you're not addicted to <laughs> and you don't have a huge desire, yeah. you've got to like almost regain your taste. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but mm-hmm. regain your taste for the word of God. Mm-hmm. So your heart has to kind of defrost and melt a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you probably need to confess your sins of that because Lord, I'm so sorry. I, I confess my sin that I don't desire your word right now. I know I need it, but I'm not desiring it. Like, I don't desire Brussels sprouts on a, on a daily basis, but they're way better for me, you know, for me than jelly beans, mm-hmm. right? And so 
um, resolve to, to read what you know is good, even if you don't crave it. Okay? Super helpful, yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And like getting off of something, it's an intentional decision that you're you're saying, I'm going to submit my will to this. And I have to hold my feet to the fire on it. And, and, Which is, right. And yeah. even enlist help from other believers in that or whatever that Yeah, that's like. my second point of literally, you've got to have support. You've got to actually say to a friend, okay, please help me uh, stay accountable here and ask me. Please ask me how I'm doing. Or can we read it right now together? Mm-hmm. Right? It's like when someone asks you to pray for them. Well, let's pray right let's now. Pray. Uh, well, hey, pray that I'll read the Bible more. Okay, but why don't we get started right now? Let's let's read a couple verses. It'll take us 30 seconds or we'll take five minutes or we'll take an hour, whatever you want to do. Yeah. 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 Because the Bible is, is Jesus is our life. And Jesus, as, as his disciples told him in the Gospels, where, where are we going to go? Like People were, were deserting Jesus, right? And Jesus says, are you going to leave too? Mm-hmm. Their answer is, you know their answer. Where else are we going to go? You have yeah. the words of eternal life. Yeah. yeah. You have eternal, That's you have right. words of eternal life. Yeah. This, these are words. And this, this goes to what Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2. He says in verse 10, you, however, have followed my teaching, as opposed to those who are going off, you know, the deep end in terms of evil. You followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life. So you're following the pattern of someone else. My faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me. And then he says, all the desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Then he says, but, verse 14, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and been firmly convinced of. You firmly believed it, knowing from whom you've learned it. And how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings, that's the scriptures, that's the Bible, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And then he launches into the well-known verses, all scripture is breathed out by God. And I want to bring something out on this. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness, that the man of God, and that's key, the man of God, we always, I think too often we just, Apply, oh, the man of God, every man and woman may be equipped, competent, equipped for every good work. And in some sense, it's true applicationally. But the interpretation of this is this. The man of God should make you think Old Testament when you read it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Moses was called the man of God. Mm -hmm. And the man of God was the man who was entrusted with the word of God to teach to the people of God. Okay. And the idea is what Paul is saying to Timothy is you as a pastor, as an elder, will have the word of God with you, and you will be ready to do what you're called to do. The interesting thing is, what is he called to do? Exactly what, and as we started with this in Ephesians 4, exactly what Ephesians 4 says pastors and teachers are to do. Equip the saints for the work of ministry, to build up the body of Christ. So the idea is that the pastor, the elder, who's given the word of God to teach and preach is to entrust it to others so that they would be equipped. Teach it to others, explain it to others, read, explain, apply. And the beauty of this is that he's being reminded of, look, this is your life. This is what's able to make you wise for salvation that's in Christ. Yeah. yeah not, not someone's podcast, not our podcast, 
not a book, not a Christian book you're reading, mm-hmm. not a sermon you're listening to. All those are very good things. And by the means of preaching, the foolishness of preaching, God is pleased to save those who believe. But it's the word of God. It's the content. Mm-hmm. It's the content of the word of God, the actual words of the word of God. So you bring it back to square one. You need to believe that the Bible truly is the word of God. Mm-hmm. And then you read it. Mm-hmm. It's like the Thessalonians, Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, um, we thank God that when you received the word of God, you received it as what it really is. Not the word of man, but the word of God, which does its work in you who believe. Mm-hmm. So if you know that it's the word of God and it does a work in you, you should be running to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So we have to read the word. <laughs> you have uh, to read the word. You've got to read the word. You and, have to receive um, the word. Yeah. yeah. So now let me turn from kind of questions about how can I get myself to read the word to now let's say I'm sitting there, got my Bible open in front of me. Uh, what is your objective when you approach the text to read? To know God. To know God. To worship and know God. Not to get ammo mm-hmm. or info. Mm-hmm. Okay. The idea is God reveals himself in the word and we fellowship with him as we're reading the word like he actually reveals himself in scripture how do we know all the doctrine we know from the bible because god has revealed himself in his word so we don't come to the word for info or for ammo we really come to the word for fellowship with god mm-hmm. so if i approach the word and i'm trying to you know let's say i even get to a place where i you know, I'm thinking, okay, grammatical, historical, hermeneutics. I'm trying to figure out what the text is saying. I'm not trying to read my own ideas into it. Yes. And I walk away with more info, but I haven't come to a place of being in awe of God. Am I falling short of what was intended by the biblical writers and by God, who is the ultimate author of Scripture? I would say no, you're not. I'm not falling short. I, no, I say you are falling short. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I, it was I, a long question. I'm sorry. sorry. I, I, yeah, I, I took your question. I, I misread. Yeah. I misheard your question. Uh-huh. Very easy to do with the, with the Bible, by the way. People mishear the Bible. Mm-hmm. Oh, it says this. Well, no, no, it doesn't, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm um, sorry about that. Sorry. Simply said, I was asking, if I get the right information, but I don't actually come to a place where I feel like, or not even feel like, but I'm knowing God experientially, mm-hmm. am I missing something? Yes, you're missing something. But interestingly, God can use... We know God can use the wrath of man to praise him. We also know that God can use the selfishness of man uh, in getting the word out. Like, mm-hmm. like let's say I, I stand up and I really want you to see me and hear me, and I preach the word and the word has its effect. Mm-hmm. It's in way in spite of me and in my sin. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. So that doesn't mean that you should sin so that grace might increase. You don't want to hinder the word. So you do want to go... First and foremost, and say, this is about knowing God. This is about God revealing himself to us. And that's why you start with reading. Okay. So, you know, we're not even to the grammatical historical hermeneutic yet. No. Because, right? Right. Yeah. So if you think of it this way, if you go hearing, understanding, and obeying, hmm. we'll just use those three hooks. Mm-hmm. First, you hear it. Okay. And that's kind of the, that's the realm we're in right now, that we're talking about right now. The idea is you resolve you read it, but there's a part, here's the part that we sometimes miss. It's not just reading, you know, wooden words. It's the bare word of God, but it's God's behind every word. God's God's there with you as a believer. If you're a believer, he's there with you all the time. And it's the idea of 
You're fellowshipping with God who's present with you and his word is instructing you and it's not dead. It's in a living and active word. And the idea is there's a fellowship with God where you receive the word. This is what Paul said to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 2.13 yeah, yeah. that I quoted before. You received it as the word of God. So it's not just hearing it, okay, where you hear it, you know, okay, those, those were interesting words. You know, those were um, really uh, inspiring words or whatever. Wait, wait, that's God's word. That's, that's what God wants me to know and understand. And it, I receive it as his word. Mm-hmm. And if it's his word, then he's over it and I'm under him, right? I'm, I'm under God and his word and I'm going to receive it humbly and prayerfully and expectantly. And so what that does, it puts me in a different mindset where I'm not going to, I'm not like now I get to go to set everyone straight or I get to go tell everyone how much I know, but I just want to be awestruck at God's glory in the word. Now that gives me something to share. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think next time we'll talk about understanding it. I think we can get a little bit into that a little bit right now. Maybe you have a minute. Can yeah. You, yeah. Minute you know, actually I wanted to bring something up. If it's okay. I was listening yeah. to a video yesterday. Uh, Sinclair Ferguson was talking. So we love Sinclair Ferguson. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of referencing a time early in his pastoral ministry when he was in a conversation with a young guy in the church and the guy was telling him, I've just been really enjoying my quiet times recently. I've been, you know, just having these rich times. I'm trying to know the word. And as he talked more with the guy, he started to get this sense that maybe he wasn't quite approaching things correctly. And he ended up saying to him, if I asked you to keep a journal of what you've been learning, you know, through your times in the word, if I were, if you were to come back and we were going to meet again in a month or so, and you read to me the contents of that journal, would I be reading an account of what Paul was saying in Ephesians, because he was reading Ephesians, or would I be reading an account of your subjective experience of, you know, reading that book and kind of the things that are (laughs) popping out to you? And so he was just making the point that a lot of times believers approach the word, they do desire to know God, they really do want to grow, but they start with application rather than understanding the actual logic and flow of the biblical authors. Mm-hmm. Could you maybe just speak to that a little bit? Yes. And yeah, just as it relates to understanding the word. So as you read the word unfiltered, uh, which means you, you try to not bring in your own filters and you're reading the bare word of God and you're reading it prayerfully, uh, uh, dependent, you know, humble, there is that temptation to then just say, well, I already know what it means. I heard it once from somebody or mm-hmm. I know exactly what it means and really not know what it means because you didn't do any study. Now, I want to I be clear about this. A five-year-old can open up the Bible and read it and understand it at a five-year-old's level. Okay, mm-hmm. A 15-year-old can do the same. A 25-year-old can do the same and all the way up. Okay, So a brand new believer with no training in the Bible languages, no training in how to study the Bible can read the bare word of God and understand it because the Holy Spirit gives what is called, it's called illumination, okay? Mm -hmm. Open my eyes that I would see wonderful things in your word, right? Psalm 119, verse 18. Mm -hmm. The idea is the Spirit gives understanding of the word. As Paul prayed uh, for the Ephesians, that it would open 
the eyes of their heart, okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, to understand the, the, the fullness of the, of the greatness and power of God and all mm-hmm, that and the glory mm-hmm. of God. So it is possible to read the word and, and get it and to get the meaning and all that. But the idea is that that would, that means that you're reading it with a, um, with, with, without a filter that you're without preconceived yeah. ideas and all that, but that you also understand that you're reading a book that mm-hmm. God gave that's written in the language that you speak that God intends for you to understand, but there's a context to it. There's a, a genre. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when you're, you're reading the Psalms, you're reading poetry and, and, and wisdom literature, you know, is different than a narrative and, and there's history and there's, there's letters, there's epistles. And that you, even someone who's just opening up the Bible and reading it cover to cover, let's mm-hmm, say, mm-hmm. and they don't know anything about it, and they just read it, they will know that they're reading history. Yep. They will know that they're reading uh, poetry That's and right. wisdom literature, and sometimes letters it's the same. Letters to people, letters to churches, apocalyptic, uh, you know, uh, end times and, and, and prophetic, mm-hmm. um, because, because of the nature of the way things are phrased. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, you want to get... You want to, the big deal is the context a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay, big genre and context. Like, what are you reading? So this is, a, let's take a narrative in the Gospels, okay? And you read it. And let's say you're reading, um, now you get into a parable. And it's easy for some people that, that you know, are bent this way. They, they want to find every, every little thing in the parable has to have some heavy meaning, right? A lot of the mm-hmm. early church did this. They, they pressed meaning into the passage, and they said it had to have a spiritualized meaning. Yeah, yeah. But we take the Bible at face value, okay? And you read it in context, and you don't have to look then for secret meanings. You just look for the plain meaning. Mm-hmm. See? And I think that's the first thing you do. And that's really one of the things with context is you look for plain meaning and not secret meanings. Because a lot of times people just want the secret, the secret meanings, and it's like, no. God didn't, God didn't put a puzzle. This is not a big puzzle. Some things are hard to understand, but most things in the Bible are fairly straightforward mm-hmm. to understand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it was really helpful. So when we, approach the, when we approach the text, we're really saying, I want to actually get to what the author was trying to say. I'm asking myself the question, how can I follow their logic? Right. Because that's where I'm actually going to be led into true understanding of who God is, how the world works, who I am. If I'm just walking away from, you know, let's say I spend some time studying Romans and afterwards someone asks me, hey, what's Romans about? And all I can say is, you know, well, this verse stuck out to me and, you know, all things work together for good or, you know, something like right, that. You know, right. and I haven't really followed what's going on in the Bible. So mm-hmm. I just thought, yeah. Well, for example. Things keep in mind. Go ahead. No, absolutely. I think that you want to strive to understand authorial intent. Mm-hmm. And think about it. Sometimes you're reading a promise. Sometimes you're reading a proverb. So when you read a proverb, you can't assume that those are promises, right? Mm-hmm. How many people have taken Proverbs 22.6 and said, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. That's a promise from God that if I train up my kid in the right way, they're going to be you know, a perfect Christian. No, that's not what it means. Train up a child according to how God has made the child, and that's how, that's how they're bent. That's their bent, and, and it's the personality of however, they're, you know, however they are. So it's, not, it's, a, it's a general truth uh for and for example when i was preaching through acts i I was kept repeating to our congregation um that it is descriptive not prescriptive okay it describes what happened because it's a historical account but it doesn't prescribe everything 
that you are supposed to do in the church today. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, the epistles are prescriptive. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then you've got, you know, you've got, um, you know, indicatives that are basically like, do this. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, there's, but not everything is an indicative. Right. So, you know, yeah. there, there's gotta be, there's gotta be, um, there's gotta be an understanding of words and there's gotta be an understanding of how something is written, but you want to strive for, to understand authorial intent and really look for the straightforward meaning yeah. as you're, as yeah. you're looking to that. And that's even before you pick up a, uh, you know, a commentary, a com- commentary or, a, or yeah. concordance or yeah. word study books, study whatever. Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Just trying yeah. to say, what's the author saying? How yeah. can I follow their logic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, really helpful. Thanks for all that. Uh, I think we can wrap this up quickly and we can resume even a, a conversation about this next week. But I, I do want to just open the door for you. Anything else that you want to mention as we close here? Yes, I would encourage everyone, you and I and whoever's listening to us, to take some time today and prayerfully and dependently and humbly open up our a copy of the scriptures paper or you know electronic and come to it with a an expectation that God is speaking in the word and to read it at face value and to digest it to take enough time to digest it and just to kind of bask in God's goodness in giving us his word as you read it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you take one paragraph. I'm looking right here in 2 Timothy. Let's say 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 9 through 18. And, and he's giving these personal instructions. But if you take that and just read it and just and see what, what God would, would have for you in there mm-hmm. and, and what kind of encouragement, what, what is it saying about God? What is it saying about people? What is it saying? Is there anything to do here? Or is it just to be aware of? And things like that. And just... Just take some time today and and read the Word of God unfiltered, the bare Word of God, and just try to understand the plain meaning. Just take it straightforwardly and just enjoy it. Enjoy God as you enjoy the Word. Yeah. Amen. Well, thanks so much. Listeners at home, we love you. We are going to wrap this up today, but next week, tune in again because we're going to resume this conversation and talk more about how to understand the Bible, how to read, understand Uh, apply and live the Bible. So we're excited for that. Until then, have a great week. Uh, We love you and we're praying for you and we will catch you next time on the Ordinary Church Podcast.